My name is Mark Youngman, one of the pastors here. You might have come not expecting to see me up here. And like 24 hours ago, I wasn't expecting to see me up here either. Um, so Pastor Jacob wanted me to let you know uh, that this last week, he, after testing for a whole week, negative, negative, negative for COVID, he had a, a test that came back positive the other day and um, is actually feeling better than he was earlier. And so I am in praying, and I'm sure that he's on the upswing, and that we'll we'll see him again soon here. Um, I'll tell you though, he's he's disappointed to not be here. You're disappointed that he's not here. <laughs> I am disappointed that he's not here. But 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 um, God does not disappoint us. <laughs> God shows up every time the community gathers together. God is present with us. And so let's listen for uh, the word, the voice of Jesus together today. Um, I, I mentioned, you know, we, we just prayed for, for our kids that they're going back to school. And in this community right here where we are in Wilson County, it seems like the world just kind of revolves around the kiddos and schools and um, and all of that. No, like, no matter who you are, here's what I mean. No matter who you are, if you leave your house tomorrow at all, like if you brave it out there in the world, you're going to notice that it feels different than it did last Monday when you walked out of the house. Like, part of it is just like there's just kind of a buzz, just kind of an energy when kids are going back to school. Um, some of it's, you know, traffic and, uh, and things like that. <laughs> Every year about this time, we just notice that our schedules revolve around the school calendar. For instance, if you live across the street from Providence Church or across from Rutland Elementary next door, um, any Del Webers here with us in the late service? We have a small representation. We love you guys. We're so glad that, that you are here with us. When I, one thing you're going to notice tomorrow if you go out for your morning walk, you're going to have more company than you've had recently. Like, you might look out for some bicycles, and it's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. It's going to be great. You might not pull out of the neighborhood at a certain hour, but you'll, you'll get back into the, into the rhythm of those things. If you are driving to downtown Nashville for work tomorrow, you'll notice a difference, right? There's going to, it's already kind of crowded, even when school is not in session. You're going to notice these, these things. Whether you have children or grandchildren in school or not, we're all going back to school. That's what I'm saying. Each one of us is going back, back to school. Now, many of you know that our biggest outreach projects, ministries here from Providence Church, many of them center around the schools in, in our community or even around, around the world. Right now, there are two converted school buses. One of them is feeding children. One of them is helping to teach children. And it drives around Wilson County in seasons when school is not in session. And you guys did that. Providence Church provided that. They've been retrofitted. It's a really cool thing. On August 14th, Prov Kids, they're going to get together during, during their worship time, and they're going to be putting together bags of food that are going to go into backpacks of, of fellow students who are hungry and need some food to take home over, over the weekend. Like, that's happening here. Uh, you might remember that there was a $200,000 gift given to the Mount Juliet Help Center last year from Providence Church. You guys did that um, to help expand the, the feeding ministry for, for kids and families and individuals as well. There, you might also remember a different $200,000. You guys are really, really generous. A, a different $200,000 gift a few years ago that was used as seed money to begin a school church partnership 
right here in our community, not just for Providence Church, we're a part of it, but it's for this larger thing. And you guys help to get that thing off the ground in a really big way. And that partnership is meant to help connect churches and businesses with schools. So that we, what the dream is, is that every school in our county would have a connection with a, with a church and, and a business who's coming alongside and just providing what they need, providing support for, for the, the teachers and for, for the children. This fall, we now have 41 churches and 22 schools in Wilson County that are in a partnership. Yeah, let's go ahead and apply that. It's really, it's really, really awesome. And some of the stuff that happens in that connection, you won't, you won't even see, but it just, in some of it you'll see in, in really big ways. It's just a really beautiful thing that's happening. And that is done in partnership with Everyone's Wilson. You've heard us talk about that if you've been around. And that's just this great network that we have in our community that helps to make this happen. And so the goal of that partnership is to see, is to fill in the gaps around hunger, reading, safety, and readiness. All really important things, like the readiness of our children to go launch into the life that God has, has before them. It's big stuff. It's amazing the things that are already happening, the things that will continue to happen. But there's more that needs to be done. There's, I mean, there's always, right? There's always more that needs to be done. But here's what I mean today. Because of the times that we're living in, our kids are feeling anxiety and fear and just all kinds of emotions that at a different level than what we might have experienced in previous generations. It was there, certainly, then, but there's just something that's a whole lot different about what our kids are going through. And maybe it's because none of us went through two years of pandemic. Gunmen weren't entering into schools. And most of us did not live in a community where two schools were destroyed by a tornado at the beginning of, of all this. And so we, we pray and we seek to be a place with the good news of Jesus Christ right at the center of it all. That's, that's what we are about here. Because Jesus is what our children and our community ultimately need. Last fall, Jenny and I drove our oldest child, Gracie, to her first year of college. I know I don't look that old. She, it's, she's going into her second year of college. And, um, but last year when we, when we took her on that first trip, we had all the stuff loaded up in the van, and we drove tw- all of 12 hours to get to where she is. And that's not, like, we didn't stop. We didn't, like, we got gas, and that was pretty much it. So what I mean by that is she's really far away when she's at school. It really, and I'm okay with it, you know, but she's really far away when she's at school. And we, we got her there. We got her dorm room set up. And then what we did is we practiced walking from her dorm room to her first class on Monday morning so she knew how to navigate the campus, right? And it was like a half a mile away to her first, first class. And, um, and then we would kind of practice how to get to the library and found the student center and where her other classes were going to be, where she could hang out um, in between her classes and on all of that stuff. And we practiced it a couple of times and got a good workout in the, in the sun. And by the time that Jenny and I were pulling out to head back home and to begin our one or two hours of silent tears, um, Gracie still wasn't actually, didn't have it all down yet. She didn't have every single turn and step down quite yet, but we felt okay because we left her with a group of new friends and one, and this is really important, one friend from Wilson County who knew her, you know what I mean, like knew her name, knew all about her, knew that she liked to sit outside on picnic blankets, (laughs) knew that she needs quiet time every once in a while to, to recharge. You know, she knew Gracie. Yesterday, I, I sent a, uh, tickets for a soccer game to a couple of my, my friends, uh, my friend Jeff and his daughter. 
They went to the Nashville Soccer Club, something I highly recommend um, each of you do as well. But I was so glad to be able to, uh, to send them to the game because they had never been to a, a game before. And I'm not even sure they've been to a soccer game before. They were, like, learning lots of, lots of new things. And I really wanted them to love it. You know, like, it's something I love. I love them. I really wanted them to love the thing that, that I love. And so I knew that they'd be walking into a stadium with 30,000 screaming, rabid, crazy fans. You know, they're going to walk into that. And, you know, like, that can be a lot. And that I know that, that where the seats are, they're gonna be, there's going to be smoke like blowing up over them, and there's going to be flags waving and people banging drums. You know, it's a lot. Like, I thought that might overwhelm them a little bit. I also knew that they were going to be sitting in a section where, you know, there was a low chance that they would know anybody who was, who was sitting there. So here's what I did. I reached out to some of my fellow season ticket holders who sit on our row, and I was like, hey, my buddy's coming to this game. He's bringing his daughter. They've never been before. I really want them to love it. You know, could you greet them? And, and they did. And, and I reached out to a, a couple here from, from church who, they actually gave me, four years ago, gave me my first tickets to a Nashville soccer club game, which was really cool. Um, so I reached out to them. I was like, I knew they were going to be there. I said, go by. They went out of their way to go see Jeff and, and his daughter um, to welcome them. And I thought it might be nice for them in that kind of crazy, strange environment to hear a voice of somebody that, that's familiar to them, right? Somebody who knows their name to come up. And, and see them. Now, most of us have had an experience similar to this where one person knowing us made all the difference, right? Like one person knew our name, or we know the opposite. We know what it's like to be in a, in a group of people and are just like looking around for, would just one person see me? <laughs> like even know that I'm, I'm present in this place. There is a, a lesson in all of this that, that Jesus says will mean for us the difference between life and death. It may not feel like it when you're in those moments, but Jesus says there's something in this that points to the difference between life and death. Another way to, that we'll be talking about it is uh, the difference between recognition and familiarity. In the way that I tried to illustrate something with Gracie's story and with Jeff's story, Jesus uses a story of sheep and pens and gates and sheep thieves to tell us something about this. And he was using these illustrations because it's things that people, you know, there are items that people would, would understand. It was part of their world. So we've been walking through the Gospel of John all year long. End of July, we're on chapter 10 right now. So this is chapter 10. If you've got your Bible with you, you might, might pull it out, starting with the first verse. This is Jesus explaining this and telling, giving us an illustration. He said, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, that's his audience, Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Now, even those of us with, like, little shepherding experience can kind of understand this. Like, a, the guy who jumps over the fence to get in the pen when there's a perfectly good gate right there is probably up to no good, right? <laughs> and then he said, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. So if you jump the fence, you're not supposed to be there, you're up to no good, you're labeled a thief. If you enter by the gate, these are your sheep, and you are their shepherd. Then he says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he, was brought out, when he had brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because, listen to this part, 
they know his voice. Now we're learning something about sheep and shepherds and this beautiful imagery. You can go like this nice, peaceful pasture in your mind. And, and you can see that the sheep are listening for the shepherd's voice. They know his voice and he knows them by name. And when this good shepherd leads them out, he walks out in front of them and he's their protector and he's their, their guide. And the sheep will follow him because they're familiar with his voice. They're familiar with his voice. Then he said, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees, it says, did not understand what he was telling them. Like the people who live in sheep world. They, you know, this is their world, but they're still not getting it. They didn't understand it, but I kind of would, would give us a little more credit. I think we can kind of get a sense of where Jesus is, is maybe even going with this. We can kind of understand that the sheep had familiarity with the shepherd because they spent enough time with the shepherd. They had received enough comfort and care from the shepherd. They had received that from him so that they knew they were familiar, and they had learned to listen for and to follow his voice. A thief, no matter what he did, was not going to be known by the sheep, and they weren't going to follow him. So recognition, both the shepherd and the thief would be recognized by the sheep, meaning they would hear and they would notice, both of them, right? But only the shepherd would be familiar to them, known to them because of the time and care that had been, been invested and spent together. Yesterday, I was up here in the office uh, preparing to be able to get up in front of you today. Um, and so I was, was, just a little insight into my practice in doing that. I will usually just like speak things out loud even before like there is anything to speak out loud. And that's just kind of my, my practice of doing that, which when you do that at Starbucks, it gets, it gets kind of weird. <laughs> so I found a nice quiet place here at the church. Saturdays are usually pretty, pretty quiet. There weren't any cars in the parking lot. And so I was standing up at the coffee table in, in our office, and I was speaking to myself. And then I heard this noise somewhere else in the church, like, like something was falling, you know. Like, and I generally assume that most churches are haunted. Um, <laughs> even, even like a seven-year-old church like ours, it's, I, you know, it's developed something. They're like it's, there's, I generally assume it's haunted. So I just kind of was like, Okay, you know, that's, I'm in church. What do I expect? And so I went back to, to what I was doing, began speaking my sermon out, out loud again. And then I heard another noise. And I was like, that's kind of, it's a little more than normal. And I looked out again out the window in the parking lot, no cars. Went back to what I was doing. And then I heard this beautiful, sweet tenor voice uh, singing down the hallway. <laughs> I couldn't quite tell if it was like, it was a, I think it was a gospel song, but it might have been jazz. I'm not quite sure, but it was good. It's really good. And then kind of before I really got my bearings on what was happening, I heard the, the exterior door close. Somebody had left, and, and I, I was like playing that song over my head, and I was like, I know that voice. That's the voice of Paul. Paul is a man who is a faithful member of Providence Church, and he comes every single weekend since before my time here at Providence Church to get this room prepared for you. 
the chair, like you might not even notice it, the chairs on Sunday morning are in some kind of a line. It's like, it's amazing. It's like, it's an art form that Paul has, but he's been so faithful in doing that over the years. And I remember one time I had heard him, him singing on a different occasion. I was like, oh, I recognize that voice. I'm familiar with Paul. And so I went out to the door and I tried to catch him, but he was already halfway down the hill singing his song. <laughs> we, we might have a sense of the difference between recognition and familiarity, but because the ones listening to Jesus didn't understand what he meant spiritually, he had to go on because Jesus is really kind and gracious and patient with us. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Starting to explain it to him. I'm the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Says it again. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Then he says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the gate. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. On the other hand, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. Then Jesus said, the man runs away because he's a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. And Jesus says again, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Jesus uses his sheep example, and he fills in the blanks for those who are listening, right? And like he's, he seems like he's really calm, and like I imagine like a period in between each one of these words. I am the good shepherd. I am the gate, the way to enter into safety, and the shepherd, the one who watches over now, the other important thing that, he, that Jesus has mentioned here is that is this the fact that there is a thief. There's a thief present in the story, right? And the lesson is this. You need to not only be able to recognize the shepherd and recognize the thief, you need to become familiar with both of them. So what's the difference here? All right, recognition is merely identification. That's like seeing somebody walk down the road and going, I know that, that person, but it doesn't impact you in any way. It doesn't change your day. It doesn't change your life. You identify, that's the shepherd entering the gate. Or you identify, that's the thief. He's jumping over the wall. But Jesus is saying, you don't just need to recognize, you need to become familiar with them. So familiarity is being well-known based on long and close association. And familiarity means you know someone's voice and someone's way. Jesus doesn't want us to just recognize him. Like, that's nice to just recognize Jesus, but anybody can recognize Jesus. Like, hey, that guy is Jesus. He wants you to become familiar with him. His voice and his way should be known to us. And he says his sheep listen to the voice of the shepherd. His sheep are called by name. Voices are learned by long and close association. Like think about like you're a parent, you know, like your mom gives you a call on the phone. She doesn't have to say, she may, but she doesn't have to say, hey, this is mom. She could just start talking and you would know, well, hey, that's mom because I know that voice. Or if, if you've got a, got a kid, you know, you're, you know the voice of your child. 
from across the room or like from across town, depending on who your child, <laughs> child is. Um, you know the voice. They don't need to introduce themselves to you, right? Long and close association leads to voice recognition. Like we're looking for some voice recognition. So what is Jesus' way? What's the way of Jesus? Well, first of all, he calls us by name. So he's personal. Like the shepherd gets down in the sheep pen. He's personal, like in the face of the sheep. He knows them. Like who knows the name of of a whole flock of, of sheep? He knows them. He's personal. It's the whole reason that God sent Jesus to be, so that God could be present on earth with us in the flesh. That's personal. It's real. He's on our level. He also, though, goes out in front of the sheep. The good shepherd goes out in front of the sheep. He's, he's a leader. Now, tell me if you think this, this is true. A, a lot of times, we want Jesus to kind of just be with us, kind of like on the side, like a sidekick, you know? <laughs> like he's on, Jesus is my co-pilot, <laughs> right? He's just there. Like we need him, we want him to be close by just in case we need some help, like if we need something. Or if we need somebody to give us like a laugh line or to give us some, some cash when we're down and out. That's not Jesus' way. He is leading us. He's in front of us. Jesus also brings life. He's a, he's a full life giver. Amen. You know, when I start my day with my cup of coffee, I'm like, ah, I'm alive. I have life. But that fades, you know. Or you come in and eat your donut and you're like, you know, at least 30 seconds of feeling really good, right? And then that fades away. But Jesus is a full life giver. It doesn't go away. And, and Jesus, like the good shepherd, lays down his life. He sacrifices for the sheep. Jesus sacrifices for us. This is the way of, a, of, a, of Jesus. He's a personal, life-giving leader who sacrifices everything for his sheep. Are you familiar with him? Have you, you can identify Jesus, but are you familiar with this guy? And Jesus also says, you need to be familiar with the thief, which sounds kind of strange. Like, we just want to shun the thief and just, like, completely ignore the thief and pretend like he's not there. But Jesus says you need to be able to get familiar with that voice and his ways. You've got to be able to recognize and become familiar with the thief. The recognition of his voice is really interesting. Jesus says, you can know the voice of the thief. You can know the voice of the thief. And Jesus says, here's the way that you can know the voice of the enemy. It doesn't sound like me. Pretty simple, right? So if we know the voice of Jesus well enough, we would would then know the voice of the thief because it doesn't sound like Jesus. So the way to be familiar with the thief is to be so familiar with Jesus that you can recognize the stranger's voice. You can say, that's not Jesus. I'm hearing these words, I'm sitting in this moment, and I'm hearing this, and that's not Jesus. It's actually a really good filter to use in a lot, a lot of places in, in your life. I've heard sermons before where I'm like, I don't think that's Jesus. <laughs> I've read books before where I'm like, I don't think that's, that's Jesus. That's, that's not Jesus. That's not the one I'm following, so I'm not going to follow that one. And he tells us the way of the thief so we can recognize his way. Here's the way of the thief. Stealing. Jesus tells us this, killing and destroying. So that's another way to use that filter. If, I, if I'm about to do something, if I'm about to say something, receive something, whatever it is, is this giving me life or is this destructive? Is it destroying somebody else? Is it destroying me? 
Am I stealing? Is it leading to death? This thing, whatever it is, is it leading to death? The voice that I'm hearing, is it walking me towards life or not? So when you feel like life is being stolen, killed, and destroyed, that's when you can recognize the way of the thief. It's not the way of Jesus to steal from you. It's not the way of Jesus to destroy you. It's not the way of Jesus to leave you in death. He restores your life. Now, we've talked a lot about how God is with us in our suffering, like in our worst moments, and we've been able to um, practice that a lot together, right? God is with us in the middle of, of, of all of our suffering. And sometimes he uses our suffering, even if he didn't cause it, he uses it for good and for his glory. And that is absolutely true. But this is something different here that the mature follower of Jesus has to learn to discern the difference between suffering with Jesus, which is a thing, and when life is being stolen, killed, and destroyed. That's not acceptable suffering. Here's the way to tell the difference. The scripture says this, the thief doesn't care for the sheep. The message, Eugene Peterson translates it like this in the message. He says, a hired man is not a real shepherd. The sheep mean nothing to him. He sees a wolf come and runs for it, leaving the sheep to be ravaged and scattered by the wolf. He's only in it for the money. The sheep don't matter to him. (laughs) If you hear a voice in your suffering that says to you, you don't matter, God doesn't care for you, then that is a lie from the thief. That one didn't go through the gate. (laughs) And so you got to be familiar with that voice, right? You You know what that sounds like. There is no voice from God that will say your suffering or you in your suffering doesn't matter. The sheep don't matter to the thief. And when you hear that you don't matter, that is not coming from the shepherd. That's not coming from Jesus. So you need to know the gate, and you need to know the shepherd, and they are one and the same. And recognizing Jesus in your life is a wonderful, beautiful thing, but it's even better to be familiar with his ways. And when you're familiar with his ways... You are known. I pointed out our middle schoolers that we have over here. Hi, guys. You awake? Is it because of the sermon or because you didn't sleep last night? Both. Okay. (laughs) I love that. They said both. (laughs) Love middle schoolers. So they came back from a uh, sixth grade welcome weekend. And, and so this was a time where it was like the first event that sixth graders were welcomed into, into student ministry. But it wasn't just sixth graders. There were also seventh and eighth graders who went in part to like welcome them in. Say, like, welcome to student ministry. How awesome is, is that, right? And a bunch of adults who went with them and, and loved them really well. One of the reasons, one of the points of that, that weekend, maybe unstated, but it's one of the points for sure, is that sixth graders, by the end of their couple of days on a retreat, that you guys will know that you are known, and you'll know the voice of a friend. <laughs> you'll know the voice of Jesus. So like when you hopped off this bus, I bet you a bunch more people knew your name than when you started the, the weekend, right? You became familiar with each other and in a way familiar with Jesus. And so talking to all of our middle school and high school Students, we love you, love that you are here or watching on, online. 
what I want to say to you is, like, stay connected to the church. Now, you're, you've probably heard pastors before say, go to church. And maybe like your mom or somebody said, go to church, right? And that's not, I, that is what I'm saying, but it's not the heart of what I'm saying. The reason that you want to be in church is so you become more and more familiar with the voice of Jesus, the voice of the good shepherd. Like that's, that's, that's why we come here. We're practicing this thing so that we can begin to hear and tune in to the voice of Jesus. And so, you know, like sometimes that means like saying no to uh, your boss who wants you to work when, when, you're, when you're coming um, to church. It's like it's about making, making church and Providence students as much a priority as your, your sports teams, your after-school job, even your homework. Like even, yeah, even your, even your homework. Because the culture around us kind of puts everything else below, everything else um, above church. And so we would say, go to church when all the other stuff isn't happening, right? I'll be there as long as there's nothing else to do. So we've got to practice this, right? Like figuring out, so that's the reason I go to church. So I can hear the voice of Jesus better and I can follow him better. He's the good shepherd. Older folks who are in the room as well, you get this as well, you know. Get familiar with Jesus by staying in church, by talking to God all the time on a regular basis. Making church a priority over your job or your golf game or your to-do list. Uh, men in the room, I want to make a special invitation to you. On Thursday morning at 6.30, we're going to gather right here in this room. We did this last semester. We took a couple months off in, in the summer, but we gather together, and the point of it is to pray, to pray for each other, to hold each other accountable, to lift up concerns. And I'm telling, we did it for a few months last, last semester, and we were just like on a weekly basis. There were reports of like how God is moving in that. And there were incredible connections, like guys would get together in groups of five or six, and, and there would be people that just like needed to be, they, they randomly, you know, got in a group, and they needed to be in that group that day. So I want to invite you to come. Any, any man, come, 6.30, we're going to pray together. Um, and if you came last semester, before you leave today, would you please invite one other person to come, come with you on, on Thursday? We're going to be practicing listening to the voice of Jesus together. We'll help each other. So uh, I was wondering if Jeff was going to even go to the soccer game when I gave him my, my tickets. And it, as it turned out, I was like, if you don't go, you're going to really mess up my sermon. Um, <laughs> so they went, Jeff and Delaney, here's a picture of them at the Nashville Soccer Club game, having a great time, by the way. And, you know, so people had come up to them, and, and then some, a familiar voice from church came up to them and, and said hello and, and welcomed them. And what I see in that picture is, like, it's life, you know? It's good. Like, it's leading toward, towards life. <laughs> they felt at home. They felt in, that they were in a familiar place, even though it was the first time, and it's a, it's a crazy scene. And Delaney, as they were leaving, um, Jeff texted me this. She said, I think we should get season tickets. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you probably should. <laughs> well, this is what we want you to hear in Jesus' words today. Familiarity with Jesus is very important. Familiarity with the people of Jesus is very important. Familiar, familiarity is long and close association. And so if you're new to Jesus and you're feeling like, like you might be hearing his voice every now and then, 
we invite you just to dive in. Come on Thursday morning if you're a guy, get into a small group or a discipleship group or a Bible study coming up so that you can hear the voice of Jesus. And if you've been at this for a while, like some of you are decades in and following Jesus, right? You know you're not done. <laughs> you know that with Jesus, there is always more, always more life. And so we'd say, I've walked with you for a while, Jesus, but I want to hear your voice more intimately. More life, full life. I want that now. Because Jesus doesn't steal, he doesn't kill or destroy. He is the good shepherd of the sheep. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The good shepherd knows his sheep and his sheep know him. So let's practice this together. Just spending a few seconds listening for the voice of Jesus. And I'll pray for us. Oh, Jesus, would you speak to us? Speak to our hearts. Tune our hearts to your voice so that we could follow you more closely. It's really humbling to allow ourselves to be called sheep, but you call yourself the good shepherd, and so we're sheep. And we follow after you wherever you lead us. May the other voices fall away. May they be labeled as untruths. And may we put that away and follow after you. God, this morning we, we follow your voice to this table of communion. We'll receive bread and juice and it will be for us the body and the blood of Christ because of the power of your Holy Spirit present with us. And as we do that, God, we would just pray that you would speak to our hearts. Let us hear from you today. In Jesus' name, amen.